someday when people look at me, they'll say, there goes Roy Hobbs, the best there ever was. TriStar Pictures presents Robert Redford in The Natural, the story of a father and a son. You got a gift, Roy, but it's not enough. Of love. He means the world to me. And desire. I'm not waiting for true love to come along, Roy. A champion. A Roy Hobbs comes along once, maybe twice in everybody's lifetime. And his destiny. With or without the records, they'll remember you. Best there is now, and best there ever will be. I wouldn't bet against me. I already have. Redford, Robert Duvall, Glenn Close, Kim Basinger, Wilford Brimley, Barbara Hershey, Robert Prosky, and Richard Farnsworth has read The Natural. We're back. This is episode two of Props. I am Eric Norton. He is John Finkel. And we're going to take a deep dive today into the natural. John, you ready for this? I am really ready for this. I am psyched. I, I hope so because uh, this took about a week to get all configured. In, but now we're here. And we're going to uh, talk about this 1984 classic, The Natural. Let's go. Yeah, well, uh, I think it's fair to let the viewers know that your first thought was how handsome Robert Redford was in this movie. He was a strikingly handsome man. I was not aware of... I know Robert Redford in his older age, right? Yeah. And so that's just the only familiarity I have with him. My, I, I pointed that out to my wife, and she was like... But his lips are always chapped. It's like she, like he needs chapped. You're gonna find that's like finding like a <laughs> nick at the bottom of the Michelangelo. Like exactly. I think everybody can just assume that it's safe to say he's just a very very handsome man. He's a very good looking man. So uh, let's start there. <laughs> yeah, he's a good looking man. And so the movie came out in 1984. Uh, and this is where I think people kind of can figure out a little bit of you know, watching it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all these years after it was out, you kind of see some of those flaws and the fact that as handsome as Redford was. Mm. He was uh, a 48-year-old man playing at two different times, a either 18-year-old high school kid, right. someone right out of high school, and then a 36-year-old man in the majors. So there's, it, there's a little bit of tough, the, the willing suspension of disbelief all these years later. Uh, it's probably a little more difficult than it was at the time. What did you think? I completely agree. Uh, we'll get into it a little bit later, but this was, after reviewing this, for the first time, I, that that was hard. And this that, was the first time you, yeah, this was the first time I'd seen it. I, it never appealed to me, and it it was hard to believe that he was he was thirty six. But you know, then again, we watched Saved by the Bell, where all those kids were supposed to be that <laughs> age too. So another, you know, we're talking about all those guys. You know, Zach Morris, a yeah. great athlete in his high school days as yeah. well. Uh, one of the things that was interesting in this movie was the movie made forty seven point nine million dollars when it was in the theater, which is a lot of money in nineteen eighty four. Yeah. And the thing that gets lost on the time frame of it when you talk about Redford's age is 
when you think of him now as a, the heyday of him being an actor, all the movies that you think about actually came before The Natural, before he played a baseball player at the end of his prime. <laughs> right. So, you know, The Sting, Great Gatsby, All the President's Men, Three Days of the Condor, Brubaker, all of those movies that he's you know renowned for all came out way before The Natural. In fact, he took a four-year hiatus from acting before he came back. So he at age 32, he basically took a Michael Jordan-level break from the peak of his you know abilities okay to learn how to do other things and then came <laughs> back at 36 or in his age you know I'm saying baseball wise right. uh, then came back to play a 36 year old in the natural wasn't he also in barefoot in the park was he in that uh, I don't know you don't know that I know yeah. the big the big redford movies and then the the new ones he's done where he came back again and is is awesome again okay well to know that he took 4 years off in the middle of that that's kind of surprising to me i didn't yeah know so he's so. he was born in 36 so 84 he hadn't worked since 1980 yeah he comes back and teams up with kim basinger who's in this movie robert yep. duvall glenn close wilford brimley mm-hmm. i mean if you're gonna lure a guy out of retirement in 1984 this is the cast you're gonna do exactly right? and, and in 1984 this was a huge cast right huge this is an all-star cast of all kinds of oscar nominees and you did a little little research on yeah. who won what right uh i did i want to mention robert duvall he, he is the same person in every movie to me <laughs> He's like, I'm from Texas. You figure it out. You know, it yeah. just he he's so great. But uh, I did check out the awards. Nominated for eight awards, won three of them. Hmm. So uh, this is a, across a different couple of a couple of different platforms here. Uh, again, the Japanese Association of uh, Films uh, makes a, makes an appearance here. Great. Uh, but let's see uh, the nominees for this. So these are the Oscars, the Academy Awards. Best Supporting Actress, Glenn Close. Best Cinematography, Caleb Dachanel. Best Art Direction and Set direct, uh, Decoration, Mel Bourne, Angelo P. Graham, and Bruce Winterbron, hmm. Winterbrob. And Best Music, Randy Newman for the original score. That's interesting. Randy Newman has a lot of, uh, of, of big moments in yeah. the 80s in terms of movies. He sure does. Uh, Golden Globes. Uh, Nominee Golden Globe Best Performance by an Actress in a Supporting Role, Kim Basinger. She also got in on it, on that on that. Best she support. did a lot of crying, a lot of emotion. Yeah, a whole lot of <laughs> A whole lot. Uh, Awards of Japanese Academy Award uh, Award for Best Foreign Language Film. It was a nomination there. Uh, the Casting Society of America nominee Best Casting for a Feature Film. Was good casting. Was good casting. And here, uh, here's one more nomination: The Writers Guild of America, the WGA, Best Screenplay based on material from another medium. So it was a book before. This it was actually a movie. makes you want to read Malamud's book because having rewatched it now. I wondered the source material. I never read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times I, I have. In this case, I have not. But now I'm kind of curious because of the pacing of the movie, which we'll kind of get into a little bit. Is sure. Maybe it was so true to sort of the operatic scope of the book, and that's why people really adore it at the time because maybe the book was a little more popular. Possibly. We were having a conversation earlier this morning in the office, and that was the first thing that came up. It always comes up, right? Read the book. Read yeah. the book. The book is better. Well, I don't want to read the book, so I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, and then the winners. Uh Randy Newman, winner for a Grammy Award. All right. Best instrumental com- composition. And that, you know, in terms of movie instrumentals, mm-hmm. they play it at ballparks now, right. 40 years later. Right. Uh, it's played at, for, you know, in parodies of baseball. I mean, it, it's sure. It, he did it. It's a perennial all time yes. music. And then Barry Levinson, the director, won a Heartland Film Award, Truly Moving Picture Award, and a Hochi Film Award, Hochi Film, Best Foreign Language Film. So, all right, there you go. That's interesting. The language is interesting in the movie. They do a lot of, um, 
I guess it's either 30s or 40s. Like they'll call mm-hmm. him like he's a real slam bam young pitcher. Like yeah. a lot of those kind of fake Family Guy type accents when it was sure. real. And right. So the dialogue I guess does reflect that a little. Um, bit. Some of the names too, like Whammer. Oh, the <laughs> yeah, we have we can talk about the Whammer. Basically, the, Babe Ruth. Yeah, basically. Yeah. This, this, you know, we're, we're thinking. Um, and so for you, you had just seen it. I remember seeing it with um, my dad. I think as a kid. In my head, I have a trailer in my head of an amazing movie. Sure. But I hadn't seen Start to Finish The Natural in, I don't even know, 20 years maybe? That's a long time. It like, is a long time. The, I can I didn't know much of the dialogue. I remember the scenes. I remember seeing it on cable. You'd see it on HBO or whatever over the years. I always kind of actually around now, baseball season, they'll put it on. And you always know the parts where when it starts, you're about to get into the final game and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. The lead up and where he came from, you know, you never just turn on a movie at the start. So sure. basically almost seeing it blind uh, again, I would say for me. This was my first time, as we mentioned a few times. Uh, it wasn't the greatest film that, I, that I'd that i ever seen. <laughs> I, I can see why this never made it on my radar as a, as a, as a, as a kid. It just wasn't really good. And um, in 1984, I was, you know, I was three. And then the, when I'm watching the movies in the late 80s, early 90s, I'm more worried about Back to the Future and that, right. and that kind of stuff. So. This never made it on my radar. Yeah, it's kind of dated twice. It's dated in the movie-making style. Exactly, yes. And then it's dated because the movie itself is dated. I mean, it opens with a father and a son in a farm playing catch in like a button-up shirt and overalls. Right. And so they're setting the tone for this. Like nowadays, you're like, oh, the kid would be in Under Armour and Nike, you know, throwing sleeve and all this kind of stuff. So you're automatically like taken back way back to then. And then when... When the movie opens and the kid just rips a base, you know, through, sure. the, through the barn door, you're right. like, okay, so I think we're a little more savvy. Like mm-hmm. the clues like that, we're like, okay, we get it, but then they might spend a little more time developing how awesome this kid is when maybe they don't have to. I, I agree. I want to bring up one name I, I, I forgot to mention Michael Madsen's in this. Yes. And he plays Bump Bailey. I was just so waiting for him to like cut somebody's ear off. Yeah. And, like, just do, I know. Do the right. I was like, where's this guy at? That actually does take you out of it a little bit when I saw him you just want away from it you're gonna bark all day exactly exactly and I think he didn't have any of that he was a young guy and he never in this movie he's sort of a young up-and-coming like corral carousing guy with the ladies and all that kind of stuff I think he never became that actor he kind of went to the darker side and cooler stuff and so watching it now you are kind of waiting for that turn, but he's not playing that guy at all and he never played that guy probably ever again as far as I can remember you know uh Moby Dick, not Moby Dick, uh, Free Willy. Yeah. He he got Free Willy while he was filming Reservoir Dogs. Okay. Had Disney known what was going to (laughs) happen in Reservoir Dogs, they would have never hired him for Free Willy. I didn't know that was, uh, I didn't realize that was the one-two punch. Yeah, it was Reservoir Dogs, Free Willy, one-two, and... Yeah, it would never would have happened. Like, it's a dog movie. It's a whale (laughs) movie. We're great. This is a perfect segue for him. Yeah, so... uh, I love I love Michael Madsen. Uh, there's that fame talked about always could have happened. Uh, mm-hmm. Vega Brothers movies that that yeah. Tarantino never made, and I just wanted to bring him up because I think he's awesome. He is awesome, and 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 he actually plays a key role. Maybe he can kind of he'll do our segue into kind of the the general movie thoughts mm-hmm. sure. of what we thought. So we both kind of had the feeling of like. There's a shot nowadays. This becomes a really well thought of Hallmark movie. Yes, yes. The pace is uh, a little bit trying for for 2018. Um, the the plot points are a little bit slow. Uh, there's also these moments that kind of almost, when you think about it now, take you out of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, bump 
Bump's demise. I right. mean, we're assuming everybody re- listening to this has seen it. Sure. And so you've enjoyed it. But when you watch it a second time, you got a couple things that to me were a little red flaggy. One, you've got Roy Hobbs carrying around his bat in like a pool cue violin case yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's not a weird thing. Not at all. Just no <laughs> other guy brings their bat. They have this bat boy who does specifically what you're supposed to do, which is bring the bats to and exactly. pro. And he's like, this is my... Uh, this is my bat that I yeah. carry around in a case, and I'm a, I'm I'm 36. That I made from a tree. That I made from a tree, <laughs> and no one questioned it. Like no one was, especially when he, you know, there's a part in this which kind of rings true nowadays of questioning all stats, mm-hmm. where they were like, "Is the bat real? Is it up to weight?" And he's like, "I carved it out of a tree that was struck by lightning," and everyone was like, "Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll buy that." And then he says, it looks, you, "It's long enough. <laughs> you can use it if it meets specifications." Yeah, so it's long enough and it weighs them out. It could have a, a solid steel rod in yep. the middle, and no one would know. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the, the case to me that no one in the dugout that they made fun of him, hey grandpa. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's literally like twenty years old. Some of these guys. Right. But the other one was like, "Who's the weirdo with this bat case <laughs> <laughs> that's walking around?" Uh, the second one is first pro hit. The cover comes off the ball. Right. Which I get for you know, you know, effect. Yeah. But you're kind of like, especially now, being like the cynical viewer. It's like, come on, cover. No one's ever really. But it's cool, you know. He knocks the cover off the ball, um, and then bump. Yeah, bump, bump's demise. Uh, for those who don't remember, and I don't know why I didn't remember this. He runs through a wall after being questioned about his effort. Right, like they're like, "You're not trying. You're gonna you're lose trying. your spot." Yeah. And he's like, "I'll show you." And he runs. I'm gonna through. run through a wooden wall, <laughs> and then the players follow him and come out, and they're like waving the medics on. Right, and then it's bump's funeral. Bump died because he ran through. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like that scene in Naked Gun where the guy's head falls off after exactly. the wall. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things where I didn't remember it. And then my first thought was like, wait a minute, Bump Bailey dies. Mm-hmm. So so Roy Hobbs gets his starting job because the guy ahead of him died crashing into a wall. Yeah. And the whole time the team's losing, they're getting smoked. They do this huge montage of 11-1, 10-1, 4-1. They're losing all over the place to the Bs and all these fake teams. Right. He won't put them in. When he does put them in, they do well. Mm-hmm. Puts bump in, bump dies, and the season just goes on. Right. No honor of bump, no, no memory no, of bump. Nothing. Just Roy Hobbs is going to hit 480 the rest of the year. <laughs> we're, we're okay with it. No other the alternative couldn't have been just let's put him in, you know, left. What, so what did he do to uh, draw the ire of the manager? Because he suspended him for three weeks. So, so yeah. So I don't remember. He, he was out late. He's seen him in the hotel all the time. Yeah. And we should back up real quick. So Roy Hobbs shows up. And the scout that Wilford Brimfley doesn't like mm-hmm. is Max. the guy, Max. He yeah. just brings him in. He's like, you're using this old guy. And sure. he's like, he basically does the move of, we were talking about major, he basically pees on the contract. Like, well, right, right, you, right. <laughs> he, can, he can sign you and he can pay you, but I don't have to play you. Meanwhile, right. the team's terrible. He gets the batting practice one day, knocks the smoke off the ball. And this is actually probably one of the cool baseball scenes and movie scenes in the movie. They have they set it up where the water in the dugout is awful and it's right. like they can't drink it. Right. And all, all pops all pops does who who's the manager, Rumi's character, he hears the sound of Roy Hobbs hit uh-huh. and ignores that like brown water is coming out of the fountain and drinks it. Right. Good movie moment. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. He swallowed it <laughs> yeah. and you were like, okay, he figured it out. Uh so yeah, so then bump dies right roy takes over team's amazing he gets involved with kim basinger Mm -hmm. and when she's around he starts playing poorly right he goes back to his hometown sees his girlfriend who we haven't seen in the movie in Mm -hmm. a long time 
Iris. Iris. Yep. And uh, gets his groove back. Right. And just starts killing the ball again. Yeah. Game winning Grand Slam it was, I think. And then he gets poisoned. <laughs> then he gets poisoned. So, yeah. Th- it's, yeah. It's it's all it's all out there. Like, that's what I mean. Like, when you recap it in a very short time period, the mm-hmm. two it's almost two hours, I think. Right, huh? yeah. He does that. And so this is the part where, you know, we get up to the famous scene that everybody knows. Right. But I wanted to just do a quick little 30-second recap of before that final game when he does the famous shot into the sure. lights and everything right. goes crazy. Just, Bo Jackson. And let me know better. if I lead anything out. Okay. He's shot as a young man. Shot, yes. The okay. bullet's still bullet's in him. still in him yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. He, 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 he literally shows up, strikes out. He's Otani. He strikes out the mm-hmm. whammer. He strikes out Babe Ruth. In a field, throwing 100 miles an hour. And in a can hit suit. Bombs. In, in a, a suit. In a three-piece suit. <laughs> right. And can hit bombs. And he's ready to go. Play two ways, possibly. Anyway, mm-hmm. move forward. He gets shot. 16 years later, we don't really know much. He just hasn't played. But he's right. well enough to play. Then, in the doctor's terms, one day your stomach could blow apart. Right. Right? right. Lead poisoning from the bullet? Yeah. I don't know. We can medically find out sure. where it is. We forget after this, right as he starts to do well, he decides to challenge the judge, and there's a whole other plot point of people gambling on him and betting on him. And um, what ends up happening is he almost gets shot again by Kim Basinger. Right. So second time in 16 years, he has to go. A woman shoots a gun in the room he's in. Exactly. He gets the gun away from her. Then before the game, he's in the dugout. He's not having a good game. Right. He gets a note which says what? This is your kid. He has a son he finds yeah. <laughs> out about, who's also 16. It was the, the original Maury Povich episode. Then he goes up to bat with the the Wonder Boy bat that uh-huh. he has out of lightning, the, tr- the tree made out of lightning, and he breaks the bat. Right. So all this is leading up. I mean, just an incredible set of horrible circumstances yes. to one human being, despite how attractive he is. Right. And he delivers. <sighs> it's weird. It's the most famous home run in baseball movie history. Exactly. Um, So the pitch before the home run, he hits the foul ball into the press box. Right. And it shatters the press box window. Yes. It and the the bat cracks. And then the bat boy brings out the savvy special, a bat that he's apparently made with the bat boy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry, the Savoy special that he's made with the bat boy. There's no reference to it. And like there, you can't, you don't know that the kid says something early on, like, Hey, how'd you get that bat? And he's like, I made it myself. And then they left out some scene somewhere on the floor of him. Like, Whittle, what is it? Whittling? Yeah, like, whittling, on, a lathe, yeah, yeah. on a lathe with the bat, and then he shows up with, "Hey, it's the Savoy special." Now that bat, assuming we didn't, he didn't make it out of you know no lightning right, special. Right. It's just a bat. <sighs> oh, let's. Well, well, I gotta back up. Yeah. To the wonder, the what was it called? Wonder the wonder boy. The wonder boy. Was that the tree that fell on his dad that killed it? That killed no, that was dad? a that was a different tree. Lightning tree. Lightning yeah, I think tree. That okay. Was a, All a right. Different tree. I, yeah. Maybe I was. I'm just misremembering there, Roger Clemens, and yeah. um. So he hits this home run, and he hits one light. Yeah. And then all the other lights start to explode. There's some kind of circuitry. Is that what it is? Uh, I'm just saying. Is I'm guessing from the, from the early. <laughs> in my you know my stadium lighting knowledge of the early 30s, I believe it was a closed circuit. Okay. And so when you, when you break one stadium light, the rest of them automatically go down like dominoes. I, I guess. Also, early before he, before he even gets up, the guy before him, I can't remember his name, uh, Richardson or something, Gets hits a ball that's caught, mm-hmm. basically in that like uh, uh, you know in a home run. Sure. So that could have ruined the whole thing. He might even have to get up. Yeah, they were tied for the. That's another thing. 
happens in the seventh or something. Yeah. So the innings are weird. They're the New York Knights. Yes. But they're playing the Pirates, and they're playing like teams with real Major League Baseball Some, names. But then there's Some like of the them. Bees, yeah, and then there's, and there's yeah. the, the, the it's axe weird. cutters or something like that. It's the Pirates are are one. red and black. They have a red and black logo, yeah. and it's like this weird intermingling. And of, that pitcher who comes in to face him is like a beast, right? They do build. I you they do build that last scene awesome. So like they you do. see the little bit of the blood coming out of the uniform. The, the inside, yeah. He wants to, he the wants to see the inside. Keeps yeah. Hammering inside, yeah. he's got. And you, we already did the lead up to what's building in his head at that moment, mm-hmm. and he smokes it. And he's just probably a seven hundred eighty foot home run. That ball is still flying right now. <laughs> Somehow though, the cover on that one stayed on. Stayed on. That's ridiculous. That was what I was thinking. The physics of the so he hit that one not as hard. As, and not as on the nose as right. he did the first hit of his career right. when the cover came off. Thankfully, because it wouldn't have gone out. Right. That one was just basically like a double. They threw the yeah. string back or something. That's ridiculous. So they maybe they maybe midway through the season they <laughs> tightened all the seams <laughs> on all the balls. The Roy Hob rule. <laughs> the uh, the scene where he's striking out the whammer at the fair. Yes. Is just ridiculous. But on the second, so he, he fouls the first one off. Yeah. And. The second one is a called strike, a swing and a miss. And the whammer goes, "That's a spitball or something." He yeah. like he wants to see the ball. I'm yeah. like, "You're in a field in a fair. What are you doing?" He also man? threw it like a hundred miles an hour. Exactly, you couldn't even see it. And it was like, all these kids are watching. They all know who he is. Mm-hmm. Robert Duvall is also an amazing cartoonist, right? And is like, I, I can, look what I could do with this kid. Look what I could do. He, mm-hmm. A guy like that comes around once in a lifetime, and uh, and then he get you know. Then he gets shot, basically. and all that leads up to this shot where he, he blows out the lights at, at the stadium. And it, you know, I think if you look at it as like a giant slow bleed to that point, very slow. But when you get there, that mo- that moment still works. And then there's there's a great line um, by Glenn Close where there, she's talking to him when he's in the hospital recovering from this very rare form of lead poisoning where right. the, the <laughs> bullet gets stuck in your stomach and it will. The doctor's <laughs> the diagnosis is your stomach could explode, could blow apart and kill you at any time. Right. Uh, she says, I believe we all live two lives, one we learn from and one we live after. Mm. Great line. Yeah. And it's perfect for him. And sure. She's trying to tell him after baseball, there's there's life for you. Right. And he's like, I got to go out at least as the most memorable moment ever. Sure. And he does. He hits it. It's it's great. But, man, it's like what happens after that? They won. So now right. they're actually winning. The Max gets the part of the team. Pops gets part of the team. Mm-hmm. The judge loses all his money. He's been betting on him against him the right. whole time. Right. And now, like, what I was thinking was, so he gets off the field, and he has a 16-year-old. Yeah. That's, how's, that, how's that? That's my biggest issue with this whole film. It should have ended at the home run. But the ball keeps flying, and then the next scene, the 16-year-old's catching the ball in a in a field that has not been mowed in 10 field, years. But he yeah. hasn't been back yet. Yeah. That, it was so cheesy. It was a good movie device to skip, like, hey, Glenn Close, um, we haven't really seen each other. I happen to show up in your town to play ball. Right. You never told me that our last little tryst in high school before I left when I was 18, even mm-hmm. though I looked 39, right. but I was actually 48, resulted in a kid. Right. You didn't write me a letter. You didn't say a word to me about it. I mean, mm. he was shot fighting mm. for his life, didn't know he had a son. Exactly. And yeah, he throws it, and then they're playing catch, and it, you know, you're looking at this kid who's clearly got his dad's ability. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, probably at some point was like, hey, mom, like I look just like this guy who's right. an amazing baseball player named Roy Hobbs. And, yeah, they skip it, and now they're just a happily just a happy ever couple, after yeah. family. And, and Glenn Close could have found him at any time once the, he came back. The problem 
another problem that I had with He's this killing this movie. It's it, a very it, sweet it, film. Is <laughs> when he 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 asks he. There's a point in the movie early in the film where he sees the baseball glove and she, you know, oh, you have a kid. Right, she lies to him. Where's where's his dad? Oh, he's in New York. Come on. <laughs> yeah, they they didn't they telegraph like the problem was they telegraphed that one to the audience in a way where the audience got it, but it makes Roy Hobbs look like a total moron. Right. Oh, New York. Oh, he likes baseball. Yeah. Oh, how old is he? Yeah. Oh, about the age of what it would have been if we had a kid. Like, no one, I mean, no shot that he runs into his old high school girlfriend who has a kid around the time they're mm-hmm. age. He doesn't think, even like on the train ride out, like, huh. Right. Maybe it's mine. <laughs> He's just a simple country boy. Just a simple country boy just knows a how to hit a, hit a baseball. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's weird. I, I wrote a timeline. I'm just, these were just my random thoughts. <laughs> if, if I may, may I? Sure. Uh, Betting, power struggle, horrible music, cheesy and mysterious bat, poisons, gunshot wounds, love affair, you are the father, Wonder Boy split in two, another cheesy bat, cheesy home run, cheesy father-son playing catch moment. Those were my thoughts on the movie. It's like uh, it's like the most negative haiku I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. The, the worst 575 you've ever heard. Yeah, that's a, that's a rough one right there. I, I think yeah, cheesy is hard because I agree – Almost all those points, but I think at the time none of those things were considered cheesy. It was like artistic. Yeah, I, I guess I got to remember that it was 1984. Yeah, there's no way this movie comes out. If this comes out right now, it's an hour and 40 minutes. You've got like Taylor Keach playing him, like some studly yeah. athlete with like a, you know, I don't know who would be playing, his, you know, Glenn Close character in Kim Bay. It'd be like a steamy mm-hmm. love story with like a sick athlete. Right. And it'd be cut quickly, probably like an hour and 30 minutes. Yeah. I'd probably see it opening day. <laughs> So uh, IMDb rating is seven and a half. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes eighty two percent. Audience score eighty eight percent. It's a beloved movie. Evidently, evidently. I think people. This is my theory on it. In your mind, from whenever you saw it back in ninety two or eighty four or ninety six, sure, you had warm feelings about it because you probably saw it with your dad mm-hmm. or someone, an uncle or someone who was you were sharing a sports moment with. And if it was in the theater and you were totally focused and you'd have your phones like nowadays, like sure, you sure. were dialed in, great movie. Great moment. You leave on a totally a high note, right? And you feel good about it. I think watching it cynically now on our, you know, on a laptop with Twitter open <laughs> and like ten other baseball movies you'd want to see or real baseball on, mm-hmm. it probably gets lost a little bit. I okay, I'll agree with you there. I I will concede to you that that's probably what happened here with my first viewing of this movie. I will <laughs> never watch it again. This is going to be the only viewing that I, okay. that I see it. But I'm happy that I did watch it because now I have a frame of reference for some of the cheesy lines and that crappy music that they play out at Rangers. St- <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. The music's, I think the music's unassailable. That is one part where I would say I think they, they nailed it on the music. And so we reached the point of the podcast where we discussed the nuts and bolts of the items in the movie. Yes. So interestingly enough, this was the first baseball movie to ever produce – its first line of merchandise. Hmm. So this was uh, they, they had baseball cards for the set. Okay, uh, a whole line of jerseys that you could buy from the teams. That's awesome. Uh, I I did a simple eBay search actually, uh, just searched New York Knights and four hundred and forty three results came up. Wow. So um, you had to cipher through sift through some of that stuff, but uh, yeah, it's 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 got a life of its own in the secondary market and it's really cool. I'm not surprised. I mean, if you had, I mean, if you were loved the movie or, or even liked the movie, the name Roy Hobbs is in pop culture now sure. anyway. Right. So if you had a, you know, Roy Hobbs baseball card signed by Robert Redford. Yeah. I, that'd be something cool to have. So the lobby cards are the first thing that I noticed about. So yeah, 
for those of you guys who don't know, lobby cards were they used to be very popular in uh, in movie theaters. You're seeing them again. I, I just saw a batch for Guardians of the Galaxy two lobby cards. Okay, so they're out there. You can find them, especially the especially foreign lobby cards. Those are really popular and sell well on the secondary market. But you can find these lobby cards for about five dollars a piece. Okay, it's not it's not huge money, but you can find them. They're out there. Uh, went to a website called yourprops.com. They have uh, so this is where collectors and fans get to share what they have oh, cool. from said movie. And a guy actually went out to the dumpster after the movie was uh, <laughs> recorded and, and wrapped up and everything. And he took a lot of stuff out, but he had a he had a set of three game tickets from. That's awesome. They did a lot yeah. of cutaways with game tickets yeah. and fake newspapers and stuff like that. So he, he had some of those. Uh, he had they had jerseys. They had programs for from the games. Bumps body. Yeah, he had bumps body. <laughs> uh, baseball cards. Baseball cards keep coming up over and over and over again. Uh, Roy Hobbs has a baseball card. Yeah, you know? you, and I'm pretty sure it's in our Beckett system. I'll, if I'm not, if it's not there, I, I'm, it can. We get need there. to find the stats on the on that one one big season. There. Yes, one big season. Uh, HollywoodMemorabilia.com. Has some Robert Duvall autos between a hundred dollars and two hundred dollars, depending what are the, on the cards. Yeah, no, these are like eight by ten stills from, oh, stills from, from okay. so. Um, not surprised there. Duvall is a he's an aging guy, and he's you know I don't know how much longer he's going to be around, but about a hundred dollars is what I'd be willing to pay for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one thing I don't understand that they do have is a Barry Levinson auto on a baseball. Hmm. That's a PSA DNA. The price is just. Way off market for a director. Yeah, for I'm like I literally went to eBay and searched Barry Levinson Auto, and they were between two dollars and fifteen cents and a hundred dollars. Huh. Okay, so it's not he's he's directing stuff. His stuff yeah. is out there. You can get a signature, right? They want six hundred and twenty dollars for this baseball, and I'm just like, that's way way. Yeah, he's uh, a good director. He's yeah. made some good movies, but that's not something most people don't even remember. Probably he directed this movie exactly. Or if they do, that's all they remember. But you'd still want Hobbs or Duvall or exactly. Auto on something. That it's like ridiculous that they would ask that kind of money for a a, a baseball. You know? It, yeah. That's that's Sandy Koufax money. You know? That's <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. Unless it's it, I don't know if you prove it's a one of one, but he's still alive and direct. He just directed this Paterno movie, I think. Exactly. So he could sign another baseball. Exactly. And then the final point here, uh, thegoldencloset.com has a lightning bolt patch. That's that, awesome. That was uh, in the, they in all the movie. Wore it for good yeah, luck. exactly. That's pretty cool. So the price on that was a whopping five hundred dollars too. It is no, there's Providence there, but there's nothing that says Redford Ward or anything like that. Right. So um, the stuff's out there, and it being the first licensed movie. Baseball, baseball movie with with their licensed line of merchandise. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It is cool. The, the the things that I was looking at when I was watching the movie that I, well, I, I, we, we, I assume there'd be cards, and I've seen other things on eBay for things like that. But uh, if I could have anything from the movie, much like you know, if you could like frame Schilling's bloody sock, sure. I, I wouldn't mind Hobbs's bloody jersey. Bloody jersey. Um, I know most the easy ones are you know maybe a, the Wonder Boy bat or. Uh, Possibly the Savoy special, which I know you would you would you would regift immediately, <laughs> yes, immediately, just automatically, just don't put it in someone's <laughs> mailbox. Just here's your random piece of movement really that I hate. But uh, the bloody shirt, I thought would be really really cool to have. Um, there was several newspaper headlines that I would have liked to just kind of have a printing of that mm-hmm. that particular newspaper, and then. Um, the whammer, <laughs> anything involving the whammer, yes. I want. I want his bat. I want uh, his cap. Everything he had was awesome. I want anything involving the whammer as well. Yeah, something from Pop because he's just. Could you get his mustache possibly? 
<laughs> Wilfred Brimley has this place in my heart because he has he does those diabetes commercials. Diabetes. Diabetes. And it's just so funny. So anything from pop maybe maybe the cup of water that he was drinking, okay. you know, something yeah. like that. And then uh you know, Robert Redford, he's he's a good looking dude. So uh You just want him. I just Robert Redford. <laughs> <laughs> I like the coin that he did the coin trick with. Yeah, the coin would be pull pretty cool. from here. Yeah. Yeah, that might be something cool to have. And then uh the, you know, the, anything that you could, I think any, all the gloves are those old school gloves that probably yeah, hurt right. like crazy if you mm-hmm. caught somebody, you know, now playing with those things. But, uh, you know, I'm sure, I don't know, Planet Hollywood or one of those places has the bat sure. somewhere, the original. And I think that. that would be the best thing is that, that Wonder Boy bat. Just, yeah. uh, it, it would be cool just to have, you know, in a, in a man cave. I hate that word, man cave somewhere. I'd uh, like a, uh, um, like a pile of filament. From yeah. all of the stadium lights <laughs> that broke, and just have like a, a mound of it in a glass case, and be like, "That's that's uh, from the field of the shattered glass." You know, did you realize this was filmed in Ebbets Field? Did I, did I get that right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, because Ebbets Field has a like I said, they have a whole line of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that the history that happened there, yeah, would you know outside of this film, yep. is is cool enough. So to know that this like this iconic film was filmed there. Wow. I just so you know, we got air quotes for iconic. I think regardless of how it holds up now, it's in the pantheon. I mean, we thought of it. Uh, apparently, yes. We thought of it, we thought enough of it to do a podcast yeah. for it, so. Yeah. I, I, I I'm glad we did. I was happy, really happy to revisit the movie. I think there's a trailer of this movie in my head that makes me very happy. Sure. It's only about 3 minutes long, but I still enjoy it and it was worth seeing the whole thing to have that. But it it's hard to it's hard right now to say like recommended to somebody if you knew a twenty four year old who loved baseball mm-hmm. it would be hard to be like listen watch this you'll love it whereas right. with some of the others on our list we did major league before mm-hmm. and a few coming up I know it's a lock that they will sure I could see twenty five minutes in a twenty four year old or a thirty year old saying eh, yeah I'm not into this I don't I don't I'm gonna this. go back yeah. and watch Otani. Right. Strike people out and hit home runs in real life. Why is this guy getting shot by a random person in a hotel? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> okay. Let's wrap this up. Uh, I, I think overall, film-wise, we've done a pretty good job uh, summarizing it. And if you, if you are so inclined, go check it out. It's not all that bad. But <laughs> wow. Actually, that's a reversal, I think. <laughs> it, not all that bad is better than I started at 9 yeah. a.m. with him this morning. So I we, was, we're, moving, we're moving forward. It's not all that bad. If you can get past the cheese... You're right. It is a slow burn, and that last scene is a is, is a good pay, payoff where they should have ended, not the scene before. Right, that. the payoff is worth it. I would say enjoy it, and if you haven't ever seen it, um, but you see the references to it, and like you said, they play the the sound, the music at ballparks Every and ballpark parodies. You've ever been and to, yeah, I guess almost it's like one of those things where if you're gonna live in baseball culture, yeah, it may be worth a four hour and forty minute investment, even if you skip through some of the dull scenes, just mm-hmm. so you have a frame of reference for the references, mm-hmm. maybe. Or just I, listen to this. I yeah, just listen to this. Um, what's next? What are we gonna do next? Uh, I think it was Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams was actually not on the list. What? Did you know that? I thought we had the list of Field of Dreams. Well, there you go. Uh, I have I have one that I think we should do. Okay. The Sandlot because it's tw- the twenty fifth twenty fifth year anniversary. Right? Do it right now. You guys go back. To you back. want to go back to back <laughs> in the Sandlot? So let's uh, you guys hang out for the Sandlot coming up next week. Until then, you guys, uh, thanks for listening and and. Uh, uh, Play ball. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>